0: Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Blurb, where the back of a book meets a discerning look. Each week, best-selling author Sally Shields and publishing guru Dr. Kent listen to pitches from five authors vying for Book of the Week honors. Now live, on the air, with vigor and style, are Dr. Kent and Sally, the bibliophiles,
0: everybody. I'm Dr. Kent, and I've got Sally on the line with me, and uh, we're hosting again our show, Blurb Radio. And uh, every week, we listen to three-minute blurbs about the newest books on the market. And today is a health and wellness show, which I'm pumped about. How about you, Sally?
2: Oh, I'm totally excited that you picked this particular uh, genre show. Really looking forward to it. And a uh, little bummed I missed the intro music. that always gives me a little smile. But there were some technical difficulties, but thank goodness we were able to get in.
0: Absolutely. And, and and tell me about now, there's there's some sort of special holiday today or this month?
2: Oh, apparently it is Juvenile di- Arthritis Diabetes Month. I'm not saying that right. Juvenile Arthritis Diabetes Month? You tell me. What was it again?
0: Is that for people that are... Arthritic and diabetic?
2: <laughs> Wait, let me see. I'm going to look this up. Probably so I don't
0: one or the other. But we'll, we'll tell you about that in a minute. But uh, in any case, uh, we're going to listen to blurbs about health and wellness books. And uh, it's a really interesting genre because it can be anything from kind of a how to guide to hospitals uh, to something that talks a lot about um, your own personal health or how to improve yourself. So. Like with almost any genre, we're going to see a lot of variety in the few blurbs that we listen to. And today we've got five brand new blurbs for you.
2: Yeah, this is going to be great. I can't wait. And I'm also looking forward to speaking to last week's winner, Mr. Uh, Will Linkamon. He was fantastic, and that's going to be great. He's he's agreed to come on tonight live, and looking forward to speaking with him later.
0: And he's going to tell us about his business book, and business is another one of those categories. Now, last week you said that... Uh, We were talking about what the business category means. Uh, What do you think now uh, about the business category, having heard all those uh, blurbs?
2: I was actually really, really surprised at just how much I enjoyed the business blurbs. I was honestly expecting to sort of not be interested at all, and I was very, very surprised because the business category runs such a wide gamut, and it encompasses so many different categories from, you know, people that are self-employed to uh you know bosses trying to you know manage their employees better and all sorts of um what are, what kind of other books were we talking about last week it was just fascinating there were so many different topics that we were talking about
0: well i'm psyched uh for one of the blurbs that i that i know what it is um and uh, the other four are going to kind of surprise me so we might get total junk you never know but we might have the best blurbs we've ever heard uh, before, But these five are all going to be in the health and wellness category.
2: Well, that's what's so much fun about Blurb is that, you know, a lot of the time we don't know what we're going to hear, and we're totally surprised. We're just exactly hearing them just like you are out there, and we're, uh, you know, it's fun. It's a lot of fun just being completely put on the spot and listening to these things and trying to, uh, you know, help folks with some suggestions about how to better promote their books because, as you all know, the industry is changing so much, and you know, even if you get with a really major traditional publisher, the, the bulk of the um, the uh, promotion is going to be on the shoulders of the author, and so that's what we're here for. We want to help you, get, give you some practice in really promoting yourself and putting your best foot forward and telling the audience everything that there is to know about your book and not being shy and giving us the benefits and making sure that you get the name of your book and who you are and what you can do for the audience, what's in it for them, and really uh, drum up a lot of curiosity and excitement around your book.
0: So without further ado, what do you think? Should we go alphabetical or, or reverse alphabetical today?
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, did you put them in, an, in alphabetical order?
0: I think uh, they automatically reorganize themselves that way, I would say.
2: Fascinating.
0: I think, I think, I think we should go crazy and go reverse alphabetical today.
2: That sounds great. No, alphabetical by first name. I noticed though.
0: Oh, that's a good point. So this is really mixed up in terms of the last <laughs> name. But actually, there's three last names that uh, start with an R. So you can listen for those throughout the show. But let's listen uh, without further ado uh, to our first blurb by T. Rene. and this is in the health and wellness category, like all of the blurbs today. Here we go.
3: Blood Talk Radio. Hi, my name is T. Renee, and the T stands for Telano, which is my first name. And if you're in search of a book to read in your leisure time, break time, or any time, my book is called Dialysis Patients. That will be the book to read. My story introduces you to two people that end up true soulmates, and it begins with the female character in a volatile relationship and how she ends it after meeting her to be soulmate while she's working for a local telephone company. The story continues to tell of their life together and the fateful day when the male character is diagnosed with kidney failure. He goes through an emotional roller coaster while being on dialysis for three years and he wants to end it all until they visit a local church. The visit to the local church. Begins a life-changing experience. There's a water blessing service that takes place, and then she awakes the next morning and tells him she's going to be his donor. The book takes you through the testing process, and it takes you to the great day, the day that they find out she's a match. You follow the couple through the surgery and different scenarios during the week of recovery in the hospital. And I encourage you to read my book with the hopes that dialysis families, either hemo or peritoneal, the families will keep the faith while going through such a traumatic experience and that many readers will decide to participate in the organ donation program. So I thank you for listening, and please enjoy my book, Dialysis patients. Thank you.
0: And now this is very timely uh, uh, this week uh, also uh, because it's it's about um, health and uh, uh, dialysis, which is a horrible process. Uh, what was your thought about uh, about the blurb itself?
2: Well, I you know she she kind of got me. I was a little confused at first because I wasn't expecting a fiction, but it sounded like it was a story and. Then she kind of got me interested when she talked about, you know, the romance and how the male character was diagnosed with kidney failure. And then I realized that it was sort of a a story that was meant to teach people about the whole, you know, what was going on with dialysis and patients. And then he wanted to end it and he visited the local church and the blessing. And then I got a little confused because I thought that she said she, that his soulmate or lover turned to him and said, that she was going to be his daughter, and I was like, what? And then later on in the blurb, I realized that she must have said donor. And so I got a little confused for a second, but it sounded... I'll really, say. <laughs> I was really confused. But I realized it was talking about a donor, and then they talked about the surgery. And, uh, I, you know, it did sound like a really, really um, interesting uh, f- fiction book, and I, it did make me sort of towards the end of the blurb, interested in in reading it. So I'd like to have, what was your take on it?
0: Um, I I thought um, it could have used just a little more polish. Um, And like I say, um, in most of our shows, uh, something you've taught me over the past weeks uh, doing this show is uh, how to really craft uh, an elevator speech, and that's um, such an important thing for a book. And as someone who publishes authors as opposed to someone who is an author, I'm, I'm working on being an author here, but uh, it's it's a very important thing when someone says, you know, what's your book about, to be able to say it in a nutshell. And I think when you craft a blurb, which is hopefully three minutes long, uh, but, you know, anywhere from one to three minutes, you need to really start from the core of what is What is the 10-second message? What is the 30-second message? And then build it with a little bit of, um, you know, expand your content with a few examples or this and that.
2: Well, that that's, that's very true and um for those listeners out there you know we're not just sort of willy-nilly judging everybody's blurbs we kind of you know honed our criteria before we started this whole thing so that it would be sort of a fair playing field and it was kind of funny because Dr. Kent and I had, I had written up a whole maybe maybe 5 or 6 pages of how I thought that we should be judging the competition and what the exact criteria would be and I went on and on and 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 he came back to me with with four words, bling, clarity, information, and delivery. And I thought, that is perfect. So we kind of boiled it down to these four uh, categories. And so um, I think that um, yeah, the bling was missing for sure. I mean, we, we, we talked about how sometimes you, know, you want to match your message. And she didn't necessarily have to have a lot of bling with this particular topic. I don't think that would have necessarily re- detracted from her blur. But the clarity was a little bit perhaps... Uh, lacking a tiny bit, um, perhaps we could have had a tiny bit more information. And, uh, how, but do you,
0: and, and how do you increase the clarity? I mean, Well, like you know. said,
2: in terms of the, 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 uh, the, the elevator speech, what we want to know is we want to know three things. We want to know what your name is. We want to know who you are. We want to know what your vision is. And we want to know what information or what problem that you can help us solve as the audience we want to know what's in it for us. What can you help us? And why are you the expert? Why should we be listening to you instead of, you know, the hundreds of other books out there on dialysis and um, things, things of that nature? So you really need to tell us why you, what sets you apart as the expert and why we should listen to you and then maybe give us a few things about what kinds of problems you're going to be able to solve for us. And she could have done that uh, within the context of a fiction book but I feel that uh, the, the elements of the elevator speech that you were talking about before were definitely perhaps a little bit lacking and could have been more clear.
0: So let's listen to another uh, blurb here uh, in reverse alphabetical order. Uh, Kelly Ruba is our next one, and uh, she's again, again in the health and wellness category. It's our topic for the show today. Here we go from Kelly Ruba.
3: Love Talk Radio.
4: Imagine waking up every morning so stiff from joint pain that you're barely able to crawl out of bed. You hobble your way to the tub to fix a hot bath. After all, it's the only thing that will help your joints to loosen up. After taking a bath, your stiffness has lessened, leaving you with just the normal aches and pains you're faced with daily. Today, the pain may not be so severe, but tomorrow could be much worse. It's the type of pain that makes everyday tasks quite difficult, sometimes even impossible. All you want to do is escape. Going to bed has become your favorite activity just as long as you don't lie there thinking about the day ahead. The situation I just described might sound like the life of someone in his or her golden years, perhaps even your own grandmother or grandfather, but it's not. It's the life of more than 300,000 children and teens living with juvenile arthritis. The above excerpt was taken from Chapter 2 of my recently released book, Juvenile Arthritis, The Ultimate Teen Guide. The book not only shares the stories of teens and preteens living with juvenile arthritis, but also serves as a self-help guide for those who have the disease in their families. As part of Juvenile Arthritis Month this coming July, I'm asking that you help me in my mission to create awareness of a disease that is often ignored by the mainstream media. Please give those of us who have juvenile arthritis a voice in our quest for better treatments and a cure. So many members of the public are unaware that children can get arthritis and that it can severely impact our mobility in addition to causing much pain. And sadly, despite what commercials show, aspirin is not a cure or even of much help to those dealing with the disease. In fact, many of the treatments now on the market only work for a small percentage of patients and many stop working after several years. Over the years, arthritis has restricted more and more of my mobility, and I now rely on a wheelchair to get around. My goal in life is to help others become more aware of this debilitating disease so future generations of children do not have to experience all that I've went through and can live their lives without limitations. This guide will also help kids with JA and their families feel like they are not alone in the world. They will learn about Amanda White, a college freshman who suffered through her figure skating competitions Sean Marie Robbins, a new mom who went off all of her medication while pregnant with her son, and Kristen Delaney, a teen who had to travel four hours just to see her doctor, showing that there is a great need for more pediatric rheumatologists. Supporting the personal stories are treatment options, medical research, statistics, Internet resources, tips for eating healthy and maintaining a fitness routine, as well as tips on coping and how to manage pain. I hope that you will find it in your hearts to stop allowing this disease to go unnoticed by sharing this resource with your listeners.
2: Thank you.
0: Wow, what a story.
2: That is very, very poignant. Wow, I'm glad, um, I'm really, really glad that she uh, is on today because it's something that is not Something that the public is aware of. I mean, I was absolutely unaware of the fact that 300,000 children and teens suffering are suffering with this disease, and the fact that she is someone that suffers through it is exactly what makes her the expert to be writing this book. And it's absolutely uh, quite quite important that uh, she gets this message out. I was I was very impressed with this particular blurb. I think it had everything in it that we talked about before: right? the, the the clarity, the information. She delivered it well. I don't think bling necessarily has to come into it for this particular blurb, but. um
0: well, she, well part of and part part of the bling is, um, you know, you don't have to make something uh, sound, uh, you know, crazy interesting and. Uh, you know if somebody 's beautiful walking down the street they don 't need to wear a lot of jewelry you know um, and that uh, bling doesn 't have to mean that um you dress something up it it just is like her story just is beautiful it is full of bling it exactly. already it 's naturally exciting.
2: Absolutely. Exactly. And I felt that um, you know, you could hear it in her voice that she had a lot of passion for her topic. She really wanted to help people. And I always say this every week that the, the two elements that you need for a successful book are simply that you that you have a passion for your topic and that you sincerely desire to help people. And she has that in droves. So hmm. I think this book will absolutely be a, a big success. And I very, very much enjoyed um, this blurb a lot, and I, I feel so badly about all the people that are suffering from this. And I truly hope that that uh, that there are thousands and thousands of um, researchers out there working on a cure for this, because what a terrible thing! I always, you know, I always tell my husband, you know, we live in a, a little town called Riverdale, and there's a lot of older people here, and we often laugh because. They're, um, we, we call them curmudgeonly because, you know, we could be standing in line and they'll kind of like bark at you like, I was standing there. And I always say to my husband, you know, I think, that, I think the reason that they're so curmudgeonly is because they're old and they have aches and pains. I said, you know, I find it really difficult to be nice to people when I'm suffering with pain. And um, so I can only imagine what it must be like to have this constant, living with constant physical pain. And uh, nobody can... Um, you really truly describe it unless you've been through it.
0: And I think something that um, she played on very well is uh, she made sure to bring up that we're not talking about um, uh, um, old people. In this case, we're talking about young people, and you know, and all of us would say we would never wish uh, any kind of hardship or disease on our children because um, you know they're born into the world; they're supposed to feel no pain for a while. You know, and uh, when you get old, um, a lot of people get arthritis. But juvenile, you know, that's something that that really shocks us.
2: Yeah, it's very, very scary and very upsetting. And I like the fact that she she did give us statistics. That's another thing that I think adds to the credibility of a blurb. You know, she she told us that you know 300,000 children and teens suffer with this. And I think there was some other statistic that she discussed. But um, I also like the fact that her that her book uh, happened to have um, personal stories as well. Uh, and that's always something that's um, very uh, attractive. I mean, if you look at the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, I mean, not a dry eye in the house with that when you listen to people's personal stories. So that always um, draws people in and I think could really helped to uh, make make the book something that would be very uh, interesting to everybody.
0: Absolutely. Well, we obviously liked that blurb uh, for many reasons. Uh, let's see if we like the next one. Uh, this is by Elaine uh, Angel. Uh, it's also in the health and wellness category. Let's listen.
5: Finch. I'm Elaine Angel, author of The Piercing Bible, The Definitive Guide to Safe Body Piercing the first and only reference book to contain vital health and safety information on all aspects of body piercing. I've performed over 40,000 piercings during my career since the 1980s when I began piercing professionally at the first piercing specialty studio in the United States. I currently serve on the board of directors of the Association of Professional Piercers as medical liaison, and I'm a recipient of the President's Lifetime Achievement Award from the organization. I'm also a monthly columnist for body art industry trade publication, Pain Magazine. Piercing is massively popular. Literally millions of people have body piercings, and over half of all college students have one, but it isn't just a youth phenomenon. Many middle-aged and older adults are getting genital piercings. If you've heard that intimate piercings can increase sensation and add some zing to your sex life, it's true. The Piercing Bible addresses this frankly and thoroughly. But piercing can be dangerous and it is far more complicated than most people realize. In the United States, there are no standardized piercing regulations or competency requirements. Because of this, unqualified piercers are everywhere, and they often cause unnecessary pain, infection, and other complications. Therefore, it is essential that consumers have accurate information to help them make educated choices in order to get safe, successful piercings. The Piercing Bible provides in-depth factual information for people who are contemplating getting pierced, those who already have piercings, and the people who interact with them. It has practical information for everyone who needs to know anything about the subject, medical and dental professionals, parents, coaches, educators, and others. Piercers will find plenty of tips and techniques, too. And if you've never understood the attraction to piercing, this book might help you come to accept and respect it as a valid personal preference. There's a thorough section on each piercing based on my extensive professional experience. Topics include how to find, evaluate, and select a qualified piercer, piercing studio hygiene and sterility, clarification on the real risks and dangers while debunking the myths and urban legends, everything you need to know about body jewelry, how to clean and care for piercings, and what to do if problems develop. I also offer helpful tips on living with piercings, including dealing with pregnancy and breastfeeding, concealing piercings, stretching and maintaining piercings, having sex when you have genital piercings, and much more. The Piercing Bible is a -a one-of-a-kind comprehensive resource with over 300 pages that include photos of body jewelry and piercing instruments, and finely detailed illustrations of body piercing.
2: Wow. (laughs) Oh, that was really different.
0: Very slightly risque, just a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, the thing is it's kind of like do you, is she she must be completely serious.
0: Absolutely. She's done yeah. 40,000 piercings.
2: 40 000. Wow. And yeah, there were some other statistics in there that were kind of shocking. A million people have piercings and half of all college students?
0: Well, and here's here's the thing about it is that um when you think about um she brought up all sorts of piercings that I mean, I I do see people now with, um, you know, the earrings that are very big and with uh, lip piercings and gum piercings and and all sorts of things that I don't see that I know exist. And uh, one of the things my father as a doctor has always said is, you know, why don't you just stick with your ears? If stuff gets infected, you've got problems. And, you know, her book is probably very practical in terms of if you want to get one of those piercings, well, Pick up the book.
2: Yeah, indeed, and I also I also found that it was um, quite impressive. I I couldn't catch, but she said she was on the board of directors of I don't know there was some kind of piercing academy, and she was the recipient of the lifetime achievement award, and she was a monthly columnist for Pain Magazine. I mean, this is the expert to go to. This is the go to person for piercing. So that is great that she included all that information. That you know, why should we listen to her? Well, she and she's got the credibility there.
0: She has the bling.
2: Uh, Indeed, pun intended.
0: Yes, and in terms of, I mean, she had a beautiful blurb. It was um, to the point. I know exactly what her book's about. Uh, I know exactly who she is.
2: Yeah, and we know what's in it for us and what, what problems she can solve for us. I mean, talking, you know, she's got the medical, the dental. She, she talks about that it could be for the parents, for the coaches, for the people living with people with piercing. And for people that have never understood it, she said that you will even come away having a respect for those who choose to pierce. So,
0: and then, she, and then yeah. she told us some uncomfortable details. Uh,
2: <laughs> I mean, I know
0: Sally was blushing. I was blushing. And, <laughs> and yet those are the things that people really do need to know. I mean, no question, the things that you wouldn't ask a friend, they're in this book.
2: Oh, indeed, yes. Well, it, it was quite impressive, and uh, yeah, great job. Great job, Elaine.
0: Great. So let's, let's listen to another couple blurbs, and then we're going to be talking to somebody at the end of the show. I'm, I'm psyched about that. Uh, uh, last week's winner, Will Limkeman, and uh, we'll ask him how he pronounces his name. Uh, actually, if we listen to his blurb again, we probably could figure that out. But let's listen to uh, our next blurb is Deanna Radaj, uh, And again, this is in the health and wellness category. Uh, here we go.
3: Log Talk Radio.
6: Hi, everyone. Dr. Kent and Sally and everyone in Blurb Radio. This is Deanna Radaj, owner of Bonti Design and 3E Products, an integrative lifestyle design company. And I am here to blurb my book, Feng Shui for Teens. This is a book, obviously, specifically written for teens, and it was also edited by some of my teen attendees of some of my teen design and creativity workshops, so it truly is for this age group. We start talking about the laws of attraction and how to set goals, as they move forward from junior high and high school to college and getting their first job. And then learning how through feng shui to actually create a space that's unique yet actually is supportive in helping them achieve their goals and to become the person that they dream and would like to be. Some of the topics we discuss are clutter, clutter, Surrounding yourself with things that have meaning and purpose. We talk about color, integrating the five senses into your design. There's some there's some uh, feng shui entertaining tips on how to throw a very yin party for quiet girl get-togethers or a yang party where you're out there dancing and having fun and having a really good time with lots of energy. We also talk about at the end of the book is some green design tips on keeping your room eco-friendly, sustainable, and actually incorporating that into a healthy lifestyle, which then sets the foundation for a healthy home future of whatever they would be setting up for themselves. There's even some references to helping you find your first job and setting up your dorm room. So that's it. I hope you love it. Um, And I hope you pick me, please. Uh, Again, this is Deanna Radai from Bonsi Design and 3E Products, and I'm blurbing feng shui for teens. Thanks, and have a great night. Bye.
0: Well, I appreciate the... um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the the begging strategy at the end <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was very cute
0: <laughs> and, and and I um I find it really fascinating again how varied books are within one category
2: absolutely yeah I mean I thought it was interesting that here is another um, book uh, geared for teens and I like that I think it was interesting and it was very fascinating how much feng shui incorporates i mean she was talking about parties and you know the law of attraction and setting goals and creating a space that is unique and supportive and how to become the person that they dream to be and clutter and surrounding yourself with things of meaning and purpose and integrating your senses and she i mean she had a lot of things in there that was sort of the whole package which is is really interesting and i think that uh, could be really uh, quite um attractive to to teenagers
0: now, one thing for me is that um, I um, I appreciated in the piercing uh, blurb that she sort of introduced piercing um, brutally, honestly, and here's what it is, and here's where it is in society. I missed that a little bit here in terms of what is feng shui. I mean, I, I know what it is. You know what it is. But does everyone know what it is? And I think a, a little bit of... Um, you know, Feng Shui for dummies at the beginning of her blurb might be a good idea.
2: Oh, I, I agree. I mean, look, we've all heard of it, I think, but um, I would have even appreciated a little bit of a refresher course. Uh, for example, what exactly does it mean? It's positioning your furniture. In my mind, it was it's it's about positioning your furniture fate to face the east so that you can somehow align yourself with the correct energy, but that's about as much as I know. So I agree with you. It would have been good to to clarify what exactly feng shui is uh, right up at the top. But I think she also did a great job in terms of what is in it for the reader. She gave us a lot of information uh, on that front.
0: Absolutely. Um, and uh, we're listening to some great blurbs today uh, on Blurb Radio. And uh, we both love this job. We love reading books listening to people talk about books and uh, it's pretty hard to describe why Uh, but it's great that you're listening in because you obviously feel the same way
2: indeed so we have one one more blurb before uh, we have our featured guest
0: and uh, we have Alan E. Smith uh, and he's also in the health and wellness category let's
1: listen to his blurb when it comes to your health Ignorance is not bliss, it's deadly. Fortunately, there's a new book out from Loving Healing Press called Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. Available in hardcover or paperback, this easy-to-read book can help you find your path to better health. Featuring more than 300 listings in 138 different categories, with testimonials and some of the most interesting recent scientific discoveries, it's the place to begin a journey of healing. Unbreak Your Health features therapies that have been created by doctors and nurses, therapies like humor or laughter therapy, which was mentioned in the Bible, therapies from ancient healing techniques to the latest technologies and innovations, and everything in between. I'm Alan Smith, author of Unbreak Your Health, and it's also the book I wish had been available after my disappointing trip to the Mayo Clinic. I've learned the hard way that just because the doctor says there's nothing more that he can do, that does not mean that there's nothing more that can be done. I know from my own experience there is a world of hope waiting for you called Complementary and Alternative Medicine, or CAM. For example, have you ever heard of the Ornish program? Created by Dr. Dean Ornish, it's been medically proven to reverse heart disease without drugs or surgery. It can literally open clogged arteries. Last year, Medicare approved it as the first lifestyle therapy in Medicare history. So why is it still considered Complementary and Alternative Medicine? Because doctors would much rather write prescriptions for drugs or give a patient angioplasty, stent, or even bypass surgery then talk about a lifestyle therapy? Or how about the Alexander Technique, which was created in America nearly 100 years ago? Today, this physical training process is taught at Juilliard because performers appreciate the importance of training so they can perform at their maximum with minimum wear and tear. Today, professional athletes are discovering it too. Or how about Scanar? Once classified as a military top secret as part of Russia's space program, Skanar is actually based on traditional Chinese medicine. It was declassified as part of perestroika nearly 20 years ago and is now available in the United States. Recently, President Obama said he's open to adding complementary and alternative medicine to healthcare care reform efforts because these therapies have been proven safe and effective for decades, hundreds, even thousands of years. And while only 38% of Americans use some form of CAM today, In other parts of the world, it's much more accepted and respected. Recently, Switzerland voted overwhelmingly to put it into their nation's constitution to protect it. Empower yourself with knowledge so you can make the most informed decisions possible about your health care. Discover a world of hope and unbreak your health. The complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. Because no one has more at stake in your health than you.
0: Nothing like uh brown nosing a little bit with uh, a great jingle before and after your blurb,
2: ah <laughs> oh, you said that so so eloquently, yeah, that was great. um wow, I liked the blurb a lot. I felt that it it really did um it <laughs> have had everything in it he He told why he was the expert, he told what was in it for us. he gave a lot of wonderful statistics in there uh he has uh three hundred interesting stories he's got the personal stories. A lot of things I'd never heard about, the Ornish, the Skanar. I have heard of the Alexander Technique. I hope you have, too, because as a musician we, we hear that a lot. Have you heard of the Alexander Technique?
0: Yep, absolutely.
2: And uh, it sounds like he's a very, very well-rounded person. And the fact that he's been to the Mayo Clinic, obviously he had been dealing with an ailment, and he was disappointed with the uh, what the doctor was prescribing. And he decided to go and find alternative medicines, and he has obviously been successful with that. And it's just right up my alley because um, you know everything that that has to do with non-traditional healing that is so successful always makes me always makes me interested and the fact when he drew upon the, uh, the you know the thought that uh, doctors would rather prescribe medicine or do a surgery it's you know it's just it's disturbing to hear that and and we we need to know about alternative medicines and not lose hope if the doctor says there's nothing else you can do people need to know that there is there are alternatives out there so i think it really does provide hope to so many people
0: so here's here's my take i i completely agree um uh we can always tell if if a blurb works if if sally uh uh starts uh uh spouting great stuff about uh how she loves it and how she would pick it up and it could change all of our lives because you know that's a good blurb when when you you hear something and it really ignites you and you say wow this is something that i I could use something we we all could use one thing one thing I wish he could have done even more towards that is to say somehow to invite us in a little more. I felt a little bit like it was a commercial, and I felt a little less like he was inviting us in
2: I think it you know I'm not sure about this, but I think that blurb may have been created for other purposes as well. I'm not sure, but it sounds like maybe it was something that was uh, perhaps. Part of a commercial for something.
0: <laughs> it would be a I mean, great so commercial, perfect. right? And it
2: had the little, you know, outro music, and it obviously wasn't done on Cinch. Oh, uh, <laughs> and so um, yeah, perhaps perhaps it was it was created as a commercial, and that that would make sense. But it was almost uh, clinically perfect as a blurb. I found. hm Yeah. Uh, possibly. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, and and I think the one thing that I I missed, and it's because we're listening to such amazing blurbs today, I, uh, is. <laughs> The one thing I missed is that I wanted i mean his his story is really compelling, uh and I got it from what he said, but I wish it would have been more through that lens.
2: Yes, you mean finding out I mean we know that he went to the Mayo Clinic and that he was disappointed, but we don't know if he if he had cancer i mean obviously it sort of sounds like that uh isn't that what the Mayo Clinic specializes in i'm I'm not entirely sure, but um we I would have liked to have heard you know exactly. What perhaps a little bit more about his personal story? A touch, story. a touch
0: more about his story, maybe, to to invite us in personally. Yeah,
2: know? I think so as well. But
0: it's but it's clearly a wonderful book and uh, one of five amazing blurbs we've had on the show today about health and wellness.
2: And now it, it happens to be that time, and and what, guess who we have on the line?
0: Oh uh, well, I can't guess. I have absolutely no idea.
2: <laughs> we have Mr. We'll link' them on, and I hope that we're we're not butchering the pronunciation of your name um, no that's fine. It's Linkeman. oh great, so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for making the time to come talk to us this
7: week. Well, thank you for having me it's my pleasure
0: well your your blurb really impressed us uh, for a number of reasons um and it was just simply um informative uh it excited us. Uh, what did you feel uh, preparing it? Did you, uh, did you uh, try a couple drafts? Are you used to, to giving uh, elevator speech or a blurb?
7: I speak quite a bit. I, I actually had one basic draft. I recorded it about a half dozen times before I got it to my satisfaction, but I, I really ended up with just a single draft.
0: And what do you do from day to day?
7: What I do from day to day, I am a business advisor. I work with uh, what are called micro-businesses. These are businesses that have fewer than than 10 employees, usually less than a million in sales, and that has been somewhat my specialty. I help these businesses grow. I help them uh, actually survive today by by uh, providing guidance in marketing and sales and cost control and, and everything that goes along with, uh, with running the business. The fact is that... Uh, when you have a small business, it's one of the toughest and loneliest jobs around, and very few business people have somebody they can really talk with, and uh, they just love to be able to sit down with somebody like myself, talk about their issues, and then get some guidance and some some serious help and, and support in terms of solving the issues that they have.
0: And the thing I liked the most about your blurb is that you said um... – uh... you you gave me a really nice frame you said uh... you know at the in the beginning of the book i talk about this at the end of the book we go through this and then you uh... proceeded to fill in some blanks about the middle And, and we we always appreciate when we sort of get a great picture of what the books about
7: well and and that was very deliberate in terms of of writing the book that way it it starts with uh, asking the question, Should you really own a business? Do you really have what it takes to own a business? And if so, what kind of business should you own? And uh, it then accepts the reality that not all businesses uh, survive. And at the very end of the book, we talk about uh, how to uh, to terminate the business, either sell it or um, just liquidated or whatever, depending on the situation. But we, we talk about how to how to stop the business uh, if it doesn't work out or if you want to retire or if you just get tired of it. And then we fill in all the blanks in between, talking about everything from uh, from pricing your products to sales to marketing to uh, hiring the first employee, which is a significant issue for, for a home business owner often.
2: Now I'm curious – what made you decide to write this book? Because it sounds like you you have the expertise. You're a businessman. You're very involved with your different businesses, and obviously, writing a book takes a lot of informa- a lot of uh, energy, and time. And what made you decide to sit down and write this book to begin with?
7: This was a very interesting and fun project. Uh, it actually was the outgrowth of a blurb. I've been doing a pretty much a daily blurb on business issues for uh, for about a year, year and a half now. And uh, late last year, I was looking at all of the the, um, uh, the blogs that I had created, and I thought, you know, I wonder if there's some way that I can use this information in some other form that might be helpful. And I decided to use the blogs as a starting point. Now, obviously, the voice and tone that you take with writing blogs is not the same as you have in writing a book. So everything that I had written, I ended up rewriting, but at least I had the subject matter at hand. I did have to fill in a lot of blanks, had to uh, add a lot to the book. And people are seem to be surprised when they learn that I started writing the book in November of 2008, and it was published in May of
0: 2009.
2: That is fantastic. Oh and Now, my
0: goodness. now right. I think both Sally and I, um, as we speak to you from our home offices, uh, we do a whole lot of work. From home, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I own a business, uh, book publisher, sure. and Sally does a whole number of things from home, uh, and and she is able to take care of her kids. I'm able to take care of all my pets uh, during Isn't the day. Isn't that a
7: wonderful, wonderful thing for uh, working at home?
0: The best, the best thing about working at home is having, for me, a dog underfoot. <laughs> what is, what is it about uh, home offices these days? It's, uh, you know, obviously I know a few tricks, but. Why is it possible now for us to all work from home?
7: Well, you know, one of the things that makes it possible is that there is no stigma. Uh, Twenty years ago or more, when I had my first office, you really never admitted that you had a home office because uh, people didn't take you seriously. They didn't think you had a real business. But uh, that stigma has gone, and there are so many home offices now. In fact, the, uh, the percentage that I saw just in, uh, I think, 2004, the statistic I saw was that there, at that time, were about 20 million home offices of uh, people with home businesses and another 20 million people of home offices of people working for others that were working in virtual offices. And so that stigma is gone now. And uh, technology is probably the, the uh Act, the, the, the factor that really makes it possible, the computers, the uh, the, the, the phones, uh, everything electronic today, means that you can work anywhere. You don't have to be in a brick-and-mortar uh, store or office. You can really work anywhere. And what's more convenient than working at home with a dog at your feet or the cat on your desk?
2: You know, when I think about you know how much time people spend commuting oh, to work, it, it almost boggles the mind. I, some people you know where we live uh where i live in new york city of course many people uh like to live up in connecticut and that that would be a 2 hour commute each way sometimes people travel 4 hours a day and i just i can't I,
7: imagine it <laughs> i can't
2: either it's unbelievable
7: no there there's so many benefits to working at home uh the 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 short commute the you know the ability to the, the work without commute. having I'm sorry. You from,
2: from your bed to your from your bed to your computer. When you said the short commute.
7: Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> short commute. You know, every once in a while, I'll uh, walk out of my uh, den into the kitchen and say, "Honey, I'm home for dinner." <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's cute.
7: But there 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 there, there, are, there are just so many uh, compelling reasons why uh, you should have a home business and why home businesses work. As I say, the the technology is what is enables it today, but. Um, uh, the, the the benefits certainly besides the commute are the fact that you can often write off uh, the home office or part of the home office. Uh, you are close to the family so that uh, you are available to the family. That at, at the same time one has to learn to control that time and and people have to learn to take seriously the fact that you are working in a home office and that you are at work when you have uh, uh, when you're in your office. But it, it is so convenient.
2: Now, would you be willing to share with us? some Obviously, you've had more than more than one home-based business.
7: Would you mm-hmm. be
2: willing to share with us some some of the businesses that you, that you've started and and had success with, and maybe some that you haven't had such
7: success with? Well, I think I've had success with uh, with all that I've started. Um, my first business was a a an IT consulting business. I did contract programming for small businesses in the area, and uh, worked out of my home office. In fact, I like to tell the story that at the time. Our home did not have central air conditioning. This was in the early 1970s. Our home did not have central air conditioning, but I had this monster computer that needed to have air conditioning. So um, while the rest of the family sweated, I was in my comfortable office, not because I needed the air conditioning, but because the computer needed it. (laughs) And um, uh, later I started a uh, a software company, and this was a company that I started as a home-based business, but quickly outgrew the the home, and uh, we started hiring employees, and we ended up with a, to- a total of 20 employees, and so we ended up with a brick-and-mortar um, office, and-, and I ran that for about 15 years in a- as a brick-and-mortar business, and uh, more you recently... Weren't,
0: you weren't excited to have 20 people in your den?
7: Uh, that just didn't seem to, to work too well, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have had, uh, during the early days of that, we did have people coming uh, to the house, and we had... Oh, maybe four or five people, and and once we had that many, it was just too many, and it was time to move into brick and mortar. Um, I uh, currently am running my uh, my business consulting practice out of the home, and I also have a small manufacturing operation that I um, I run in my basement actually. So, um, what it's, do you it's manufacture? My, well, I manufacture a line of lamps that are are very thin uh using light-emitting diodes, LEDs, as the hmm. light source. And uh, these lights are used by musicians for uh, lighting the music on, on music stands, on music oh, racks, on kidding. pianos and organs. And there's a business that uh, I started about maybe six months ago, and it's really beginning to take off.
0: Well, both, both Sally and I are musicians. I I grew up um, playing the upright bass and orchestras. So oh, well, thank you really? really. Yep, yeah, and I have oh. uh, my Ph.D., is in uh, classical music, and so oh, no he's a great jazz singer.
7: Oh, that's fantastic! Well, you I need done. one of my lights then. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Well, it's, tell, where can folks find out about those lights? That's pretty neat.
7: Well, they're available at dot That's spelled W O L C R A F T. dot com.
0: Hmm. Neat. Well, um, and let's go back to your blurb, um, sure. and you know. It's, it's funny, um, uh, sometimes even though we have these categories, it's difficult for us to put into words uh, why we like a certain blurb, and um, yours was just very concise, um, and how, in, the, in the process of being a business person, being on the telephone, uh, how do you learn, how do any of us learn to craft our words into things like blurbs and elevator speeches and things like that?
7: Boy, that, uh, I'm not a journalist, I, I, so it's it's a little hard for me to, uh, I guess, to, to put that into words. But um, I think that comes from a lot of marketing with the businesses that I've had. Uh, I have done a lot of mar- the, the copywriting for marketing material myself, and uh, I, I have also learned, I think, in, in, in the writing that I've done that it's easier and easier understood and and better writing if you are more concise rather than, than uh, overly wordy. And I, I think that comes from experience. I think it comes from, uh, you know, obviously some training. I did some writing in college and, and of course, with the book and, and other articles that I have uh, written and, and another book that I've written in the past. Uh, so I, I think that has just been a, a um, something that's been honed over time.
0: And what, what can someone like uh, me or, or Sally, we're both, uh, again, we're, we both work out of our homes and we both uh, run business, uh, you know, in different ways. Um, sure. What are some simple tips uh, that you show in your book uh, for, for small business owners? Well, I think one
7: up? of the, uh, Dr. Kent, I think one of the keys is that uh, I always look at businesses often being three-legged stools. One leg is the, uh, is the product or service that you offer. And anybody who starts a business is probably an expert in uh, in, in that product or service. Uh, you're doing publishing, and you're probably an expert at publishing. And um, so th- that is one leg of the stool. If all you did was uh, your technology or the product or service that you had to offer, and you just made the product, you offered the service, and did nothing else, you wouldn't have a business. You wouldn't sell anything. The other two legs that you need in order for the business to thrive and to grow and to survive even is you need to have one leg that's that's marketing and sales. You need to con- continually market the business. One of the uh, things that, that so many business people do that, that's really a big mistake is that they'll market the business for a while. They'll get a ton of, of uh, business and, and orders on hand, and uh, they will now work at getting at, at fulfilling the business that they have, but then they forget to the market, and pretty soon the business is exhausted uh, b- because the orders are fulfilled and there's no more money coming in. And so they need to start marketing again. It's much better to do a, a continuing continuing job of marketing and selling, so that you never have those peaks and valleys. The third the third leg of the stool is what I call administration, and that really is all of the other things that one has to do with the business, keeping uh, your bank uh, account current, uh, keeping books, looking at your financial statements on a monthly basis to see if you are making money and if you're not uh, trying to analyze why or trying to analyze why you should be making more money, um, yeah, doing all the things that, that you need to do to make sure that that business keeps running. If those three legs are even and you spend time on the product and service, time on the marketing and time in the, and administration, then you have a, a very strong chance for, for success of the business.
0: And here's your here's your chance to do a little commercial, uh, shorter than a blurb, but uh, about where we can find your book and find out more about uh, your businesses and all of that.
7: Well, great. Um, first of all, my book is available on Amazon.com. It is not in uh, general distribution yet. I think it's available at uh, Barnes & Noble as well, but, but I know it's available at Amazon.com. More information, of course, is available on the book on uh, my publishing website, which is www.doublewarepub.com and um, i also have a, um, a a consulting website which is uh, these are a lot of websites i guess uh, which is www.siqualtd.com but uh, people can also call me if they if they want to chat about business at 440 871 0976 and i'm in uh, cleveland ohio
0: well, it's been such an honor chatting uh, today with Will Limkman, uh, and uh, his book won our uh, Blurb uh, Book of the Week last week, and uh, he's featured up on our website, which is blurbradio.com. Thank you so much, and uh, well, it's uh, been my asleep.
7: it's been my honor talking with you, and thank you so much, Sally and Dr. Kent. I really appreciate it.
2: We had a great time talking to you, and thanks for helping so many people that uh, have you know aspirations to have their own home-based businesses and I think it's great that you also talk uh you know about the and talk about how even though if it doesn't succeed it doesn't mean it's the end. You can always try That's to right. new. And uh it's great to look at both sides of things and to know that you're not a failure if things aren't working out in one particular
0: area.
7: Uh, people start over all the time, don't they?
0: Indeed. Absolutely. Well, great. and have a wonderful 4th of July weekend.
7: Well, thank you, you too. All
0: right, well, we've been talking to Will Limkeman. He was last week's winner. And uh today we had five blurbs on uh and it was exciting uh will actually one out of eight blurbs that were on the air last week, we kind of overdid it last week. What do you think, Sally?
2: Oh boy, well, you know one of our our guests um who was supposed to come on uh unfortunately she she got sidetracked with a family issue, so she wasn't able to join us, so we ended up uh getting getting a few more blurbs in there but it was it was awfully fun.
0: It and sure it was, was.
2: overkill, but it was fun.
0: <laughs> I think we should start a three-hour show with 25 blurbs. What do you think?
2: <laughs> oh, I don't well, know I maybe not. My kid, I don't know if I can keep my kids asleep. Every time I have the hour, I think, oh, please don't wake up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's the benefit of a home office, uh, <laughs> a la Will Linkman. So, well, it's, it's it's been a great week this week, and um, uh, let's start the closing music here. And... Uh Of course, check out our website at blurbradio.com, and you can see the featured winners anytime during this week. I'll probably get them up there by Friday.
2: Indeed. Thank you all so much for joining us. And if you have any friends or if you're an author yourself, please do consider dropping us a line, and we'd be happy to consider you as one of our featured authors. Have a wonderful week, everybody.
0: And come check us out on the web. We'll see you the next time.
2: Take care.